you know, shit happened. Yeah. Hopefully, this time, you know, shit doesn't happen. Yeah. You there's know. there's always the hope. Yeah, there's always the hope. So we start on five, four, three, two, one. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. And hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham, and with me today, of course, is the very absolutely fantastic Jojo on the other side of the screen. Hello, Jojo. How did you, Graham? Ah, Jojo, as you know, we are doing fine. We're doing absolutely fine. We could complain as usual, but ain't nobody listening anyway. So we might as well just get on with it, any? Yeah, there you go. Exactly. So good week, Jojo. Yeah, it went by really fast. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, you know, especially like, I had a day off in the middle, smack in the middle of the week. So, you know. Whatevs. <laughs> whatevs. That's Was it, it that's... the Wednesday whatevs? The yes. Wednesday whatevs. Yeah, <laughs> whatevs. So, Jojo, <laughs> today we're going to go straight to business because we are talking about something that we did not plan talking about. As a matter of fact, we struggled during this week to find an actual something that was worth talking about. And... Uh, we went back yeah. and forth during the week trying like, what yeah. the fuck are we going to do? You know, I think we almost, I think we came pretty close to canceling because it was like, we really, there was nothing that was inspiring either one of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's important to say this is that, yeah, there was a lot of shit that went on on Netflix, yeah. Julu, everybody, everybody had something new this week. It's just yeah. not worth talking about. Nothing that we would have a good conversation about. And yeah. Jojo and I, we don't force ourselves to talk about something that we're not excited about. Right. That was yep. until yesterday. Miss Jojo <laughs> sent me this link. Jojo, tell me about this one. <laughs> so, yeah. So as our listeners know, we did a whole podcast about the Sandman series. And Netflix decided to give everybody a, a fun little extra gift and gave us an extra episode that is actually two stories. So two stories in one episode. So it's kind of a long episode. And yeah, we, we loved the series. So it's always fun to get a little surprise there. And uh, I think they really got that one kind of past everybody. I don't. Yes. I didn't. I didn't hear anybody that it was like, you know, there was this thing that happened or I shot this thing or whatever. You know, it was just kind of like they came out with and surprise. Here's more Sandman. It was funny because uh, here's the crazy thing. Like we all have gotten used to when whenever you go to watch a marvel or mcu movie we've gotten used to the fact that man stay past the credit because there's always a little surprise and blah 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 and to the certain extent it's no longer a surprise because you know that's what you're expecting the surprise will be the day that they don't have anything (laughs) extra after the credits. (laughs) Uh, So in the case of the Sandman, I think that was the real surprise because they were mum about it until it just popped up. Yeah. 
So, yeah, it's, yeah. It, was, it was very, very interesting to me. I was like, this is this is kind of well, like wacky. And I, I like it. Like, I like it in the world of, of to be genuinely surprised in the world of media, because, you know, usually there's some sort of leaks or whispers or something like that. But this was just here you go, motherfuckers. <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing, though. So I'm watching this thing and I thought to myself, you know what? A bonus episode is typically undoable things or things that they were not necessarily too proud of and have decided, yeah, we can cram this all together and just put it out there. But this wasn't, man. This was an episode that actually belonged there. And I got really into it and it was fun to see, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. As you said, a bonus is often a just a, oh, let's just give you this little sliver of you know, amusing to the fans, but anybody else who wanders into it is gonna be like, "What the fuck is this shit?" But, <laughs> you know, but but this was this was this was awesome. It was an awesome, very cool little story. The first one, and then the 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 next one was was very very good and very moving and just fantastic. So fits very well in with the whole series. I think we are going to have a little fun talking about these, but before we go there, Jojo, before we do that. Briefly, would you mind telling me what did you watch last week, Jojo? What did you? So, I I watched a movie that I've been meaning to watch since it came out in 2014. I actually wanted to see it in the movie theater, and it just never happened. And that is the Grand Budapest Hotel, and uh, that's a it's a Wes Anderson film. So there's there's folks you know who who kind of hate Wes Anderson, and that's that's totally fine. And I'm kind of in the, the the middle ground with Wes Anderson. There's some of his stuff I'm like this is weird, and there's other stuff I'm like this is the most fabulous thing ever. But um, I have to say that the Grand Budapest Hotel is a fantastic movie. If you haven't seen it, visuals are wonderful. The story is hilarious and also very sad and very emotional. There's performances in here that are just fantastic. Everybody puts in a fantastic performance. And it's just, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a great movie and, and not at all, like it kind of presents itself as being super silly and, and but it, it really isn't. There's, there's a real core of a story there. And it's, uh, it's currently scre- streaming on uh, HBO Max, but it's, it's just a, it's a fantastic movie. And I'm sorry that I waited as long as I did to watch it. I don't know why, but I, keep, I, I typically confuse these two movies, the Marigold Something Hotel and the Grand Budapest Hotel. So, yes. so, so remove that confusion for me, because the Mar- Marigold one is the one with Dame Judi Dench and Dev Patel, isn't it? Yes, So it what is. is what is the Grand Budapest about? So the Grand Budapest Hotel is about a hotel that was a very popular European ski resort in the 30s, like one of those very, very posh places that people would go. And it's it's made in a, it's in a completely made up, you know, uh, European country and European town. But, you know, it's very, very grand, very posh, very, very art deco, gorgeous place. And um, it's run by uh, a character played by Ray Fiennes Gustav. And it's about the the fictional and, and hilarious kind of hijinks that he gets up to with some of the the very, very rich people who stay there because that's what it is. It's the very elite who stay there. 
Tilda Swinton plays a, an 83-year-old dowager who, she, it's funny because the character was originally supposed to be played by Angela Lansbury, but she had contract issues and, and couldn't end up playing this character. But anyway, so she so Tilda Swinton takes over the part of like an 83-year-old. And of course, Tilda Swinton nails the part of this 83-year-old lady who, Anyway, she and, and Gustav had a, a very torrid sexual affair, and she ended up leaving her whole estate and a very valuable painting to him. And of course, that makes the family insane and hijinks ensue. But at the same time, World War II breaks out. And mm. even though this is in a fictional country, in a fictional, in a fictional Europe, and it's a fictional hotel, it really gets to the core of I think the feeling in Europe when that happened, and I, I, it's just fascinating to me because you do have all this kind of wackiness going on in a Wes Anderson movie, and then you have the real shock and horror and pain that Europe felt in in 1939 when when it when that happened. You know, when when Germany began the process, and it's just it's it's the juxtaposition is very very interesting to me, and Wes Anderson handles it beautifully. It doesn't become saccharine or, or or ridiculous or or anything at all like that it's it's it actually becomes like i said a very very moving story about about that so um yeah so it's 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 fictional set set in the 30s for the most part there's a little bit set in the 70s but that's just like kind of a wrap up of the story but yeah all right then. So so yeah, this is it. And the Grand Budapest Hotel is one that I have to put on my list because again, I've always confused the two things, the excellent Grand Marigold versus the Grand Budapest. And yes, there's yes. one I of them that... that I always try to pass on like, yeah, I'm not going to watch that, which is the reason why I haven't watched neither of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The the one with Dame Judy Dench, I think, is more based around almost like a, a, a an old person's home, sort of. The Grand Marigold Gold Hotel, right? The Grand yeah. Marigold Hotel. Yeah, I think it's yeah. based on sort of a, and partially based on a true story, if I understand correctly. But the Grand Budapest is, is completely fictional. And there is a cast that is just fantastic. You know, you've got Jay Fines, Bill Murray is in it, Tilda Swinton is in it, Edward Norton is in it. I'm going to mispronounce his name, but uh, Matthias Almorek is in it, Adrian Brody is in it, Willem Dafoe is in it, and is fabulous as a as a henchman. And it's just it's it's a cool cast, and and it's just it's 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 a fun movie, but also a very moving movie at the same time it sounds like a whole lot of fun so <laughs> i'm yep. i haven't watched i haven't watched a movie in quite a few days to be honest with you like i've been watching things here and there but they're definitely not movies if you count though in good segue into into my what did you watch last yes week? yes um, what did you watch last week so uh, there is this little show that i started watching maybe about two seasons ago. So that would have been in 2020, first season came out. And it's on Breedbox. And for me, it was a discovery because I, I'm a big fan of Jason Watkins. But it, the actress who he is with, he pairs with on this one, is an actress that I was not very familiar with. 
I'm referring to an actress named Tala Guveya. She, I have to say, is absolutely fantastic, right? And the they both star in a in a series called McDonald and Dodds. And you know, Jason, Jason Watkins is a freaking thespian, but on this one, he plays sort of like a a genius, a dude with clearly with some issues. But he's a fucking genius. He's a, he's a police sergeant in the city of Bath in southwest England. And no one wants to work with him because he is very meticulous. And, and, and you would almost say that he's slow. But it's just that he is, he is a genius. So um, he doesn't have a lot of friends. He's a lonely guy, if you will. And everybody kind of like, Brush, brush him aside. So Lauren McDonald gets transferred from London to Bath as a DCI. And that's the one that's whom she's paired with, with Sergeant Dodds. So all of a sudden, every crime, they are the first on the scenes. And Lauren is very ambitious, very, you know, very forward. And, you know, the hustle and bustle from a big city like, like London, mm-hmm. whereas... The character that Jason Watkins plays, Dodds, he's more laid back, he's more observant, and he goes around, beats around the bush a lot before he gets to the point, but he has a point. Okay. And so the episodes are obviously 90 minutes, three episodes per season, as usual. But this season, season three, so far, is absolutely fantastic. And I've only watched two of the three episodes because they are releasing them on a weekly basis. I think every Thursday. Okay. And uh, the first episode this season, guess who had one of the greatest guest appearances I've ever seen? Like, look, man, Alan Davis is a fine, fine, fine actor. Yes. And his serious characters, his serious characters are absolutely great. Yeah. And Alan Davis was so impressive in this first episode. And I was fantastic. Jojo, you have to watch this. I was going to say, I need need to watch this. (laughs) Yeah, you do, man, because it's just amazing. He's fantastic. And uh, you have to watch this show. And then. I also had a look at the first episode of She-Hulk, which I wasn't expecting to like, but I ended up liking it, man. So, okay. So I have to interject here for a second. Yeah, go because, <laughs> because Jeff watched it and he wants to do a podcast episode with you about it. He thinks that you and he, and he could keep geek out about She-Hulk and have fun. Okay, but I'm in. <laughs> I am absolutely in, man. <laughs> Look, I think obviously there is there's the bias that I have for Tatiana Maslany, you know, because I freaking love her. She was great on Orphan Black. She was great on Perry Mason. And I mean she's just she just she's just dope, you know. Yeah. But with all the hoopla about the CGI and stuff with with that. I was I was prepared not to like it. And it just yeah. turns out that freaking, freaking love it. And I'm looking forward to watching 
the rest few the, the next few episodes. So yeah. have you not seen it, Jojo? No, I I haven't seen it. I he started it he came home late from work or something and and watched watched it with without me. How dare he? No. I did the same. Uh, Christine was like, "What is this?" And I'm like, uh, "Yeah, I already started. I'm half an hour in, so I'm on." She's like, "She Hulk?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> So yeah, I think you and Jeff need to do an episode about it. I think that'd be fantastic. Cause he, he, he came to me and was like, I want to talk to Graham about this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's okay. set up something. Cause I, I want to, I seriously, I'm like, yo, again, I was expecting this whole thing to be ridiculous. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. is not, it is freaking cute. Uh, her chemistry with Bruce Banner, with Mark Ruffalo, was great on this first episode and she's a lawyer and she does her thing and she's like yeah this is this is dope like i'm i'm freaking i'm yeah no i'm all in for this one <laughs> last but not least i was roaming through after i watched this episode of sandman the uh, bonus episode i was roaming around netflix and i discovered this little korean show that i said no Okay, so let me see what this is all about. You know, Korean shows are our thing now, uh, at least for all of us. I'm not saying that it's a new thing. I don't want, you know, all the K-pop people to come after me and shit. I'm not saying it's a new thing. I'm saying that it's becoming more prominent now that it's on pretty much every streaming platform you will find some Korean content. Right. There's access to it now, whereas before it would have been something you had to search for exactly possibly not only find pieces of so yeah yeah so i found this little show called the extraordinary attorney woo and i have heard of this show yeah good yeah i've heard of it look man i'm not gonna tell you whether it's good or not but you need to watch the first episode okay because imagine the good doctor but as an attorney and as a girl with an okay. absolutely beautiful background story. I think the good doctor, you just get thrust into this guy who is on the spectrum and whatever, and he's great, and people <clears throat> misunderstand him and treat him poorly until they figure out, oh, this guy is a freaking genius. Right. But, but this show starts with this little girl's background story. Okay. And then, boom, fast forward to 20 years. Okay. And then you you start to see you start you start to see things. Uh, I I'm gonna watch this. <laughs> I saw the first episode and I went to bed, but I'm gonna watch it, Jojo, because yo know, I'm loving it. I'm loving it because this little actress is really good. I didn't I haven't had a time to go and research the names of the actors and whatever, but the acting is great, and she particularly is. For me, it's brilliant in the sense that she is playing a very obviously delicate character, of course, because you are portraying somebody, you know, you're portraying a disability mm-hmm. while really bringing all the humanity that you can to it without, you know, making it a caricature. Mm-hmm. And I think she's, she, she, did, she does a banging job with it. So go, go ahead and check it out and you tell me what you think because... For me, 
it's a plus. It's great. Okay. But I don't know that. You know, we're almost sure that it might be your cup of tea because it's it's us. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yep. but I'd, I'd I'd like to I'd like to hear what you have to say about it because uh, for me yeah. it was it was like yeah this is good I I could I could get used to this. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. All right then. So shall we crack on, Jojo? Yeah. So let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we were this week minding our business, completely done with the whole idea of the Sandman 10 episodes. We great. We did a podcast two weeks ago about it. So you should, if you don't listen to our podcast, you should probably go find it on your favorite podcast player and look at it. That was two weeks ago, the Sandman episode. It literally is the Sandman. Go watch it now. You're welcome. Isn't it, Joy? Yeah. That was yeah, that was the title completely. to our episode. <laughs> <laughs> and again, we're minding our business. We were actually scratching our heads trying to find something to watch and to be able to talk about this week. Nothing was good enough for us. We didn't think it was good enough to present to you. So we we were literally looking at skipping the week. Mm-hmm. And then boom the gods of dreaming platforms decided, do you know what? Let's give them this gift. Jojo, tell me about this, man. <laughs> so, yeah, so this was, this is, this is a fantastic little bonus. Well, more than a little bonus. It's an over an hour long episode, two stories given to us by the, uh, the streaming gods, the, the God of dreams, the endless. And, uh, so it's, it's fantastic. It starts out with a, uh, kind of a, a cute and, and horrifying <laughs> at the same time story, um, involving, uh, it's, it's an animated portion and it's involving cats and it's, I'm not talking cats, the musical, I'm talking <laughs> cats, cat, cats, the animal and, um, kind of, the way that life, the way that life was was supposed to be for cats, and and the the dreams of a thousand cats, and yes. uh, I I think that that is is a fantastic lead in. We got an excellent voice cast on that one. Yes, and then then we got the story of of Calliope the muse and what happened to her and how she kind of had a fate similar to. Morpheus for a while there and uh what what happened and it's a really 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 good story it the the two stories are absolutely beautiful and there are there are obvious allegories and you could go for days bring for me there are parables of everything that a thinker uh, especially a, a very politically committed thinker would go about a a way to tell the story of uh, humankind, of nations, if you will. A dream, the dream of a thousand cats, uh, of a thousand cats for me is the first thing I can think of is an indictment of capitalism, industrialism, (laughs) an indictment of classism, and colonialism <laughs> exactly everything that comes with it and the fact of the matter is every revolution that have started 
have started under the banner of we demand equality. We want to be treated fairly. We want to we we don't want to be to made believe that we are important. We want to be important. We want to do our part right next to you, right side by side as a human race, as a race, as a matter of fact. Except that, you know, once that revolutions take place and then the system is established, then of course that establishment starts to create classes. And some of it, some of those classes become very good at keeping the oppressed at bay by making you think that you're getting exactly what you deserved. And everything I do for you is out of love. And I actually love you. We are family. This is why, you remember, Georgia, we've had these conversations like whenever you're working for a company that tells you, we are a big family here. Get the fuck out. Run, run. Get run. out. You have to leave your purse and shoes, run. Whatever Get, you got to do. Get bloody hell out. Why? Yes. Because this is what happens. It's the, the, the relationship of pet and owner is the story of bamboozling. I'm not saying, you know, that you shouldn't have a pet. I'm not saying that pets owner relationships are all bad but the allegory itself shows you that the idea is that the pet didn't choose you the pet didn't have a choice yes <laughs> yes, yes. You know, it's, it's it's a very aesop Aesop's way of telling the story aesop's fable you know it's 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 the way of bringing you to a thought process using animals and um that's fantastic because almost all of us have had a relationship with an animal and probably felt good about it hopefully felt good about it (laughs) but you, you know it's it's something that that we as humans can relate to without it necessarily becoming political but at the same time realizing helping you come to a realization about other aspects of 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 humanity uh, that don't necessarily involve pets does that make sense absolutely and and thanks for for putting it on a larger context because that's where i'm trying to go in the sense that no one has the ability to have a conversation with a pet to understand the other side of the coin in the relationship and in terms of everyday life situation that's precisely what what we experience to, to as an example in terms of a, the political current nowadays at least 53 percent of americans in perhaps more but those are the latest data that i've heard agree that abortion shouldn't be a, a debate here at all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yet you have a Supreme Court where, what, five people decided, yeah, fuck that. We don't like it. <laughs> we, we don't care what they say. We don't care what the people say. We just don't like it. And our interpretation of the law says that if we don't like it, we can just just stop it from being. So no one is having a conversation with the, with the people. And, right, exactly. And, and, and regardless, it's almost as if the there is no 
way for them to perceive our dislike of what they've done because they are too invested in their sense of superiority that they have in this relationship. Maybe I'm taking it too far. But no, I, I actually don't think you are at all, because <laughs> I, I, I think that's what we do with these things. I mean, look, if you want to watch this episode and, ha- and just laugh at cats, you can do that, too. But that's not that's not us. That's not what we do. So but I mean, it, it, when you think about the fact that, OK, these are five people that are so removed from the society that they inhabit, that they actually cannot communicate with them, it, 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 it might as well be pet and owner, because you know, if it's, if it's, if it's to the point so much of, I know what's better for you. I'm superior to you. I know what's better for you than better than, you know, then, I mean, that's the same as me telling the dogs, look, you can't go outside cause it's raining. You're going to get wet and I'm going to have to dry you off. Right. And, and, but I don't, you know, but you're a dog, so I don't need to explain that to you. No, you just can't go out. Exactly. 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 <laughs> So, I mean, that's kind of a little, that's a little bit simplistic, but at the same time, it is, it's, 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 you can draw the parallel there of, of someone feeling so superior that they think that they know more than millions of people and there's only five of them. Yeah. So. In, in, in like in, in the relationship of corporate America versus employees is the same thing, right? Yes. They, yeah. they will tell you. They will tell you, oh, we're here for you and we want you to have a good life balance in in life and work balance until such time they actually want you to come to work whenever, at whatever time, in the blink of an eye. And then they don't care what happens to your children. They don't give a shit about what happened to the family balance that they've been preaching to you because all of that is bull fucking shit. They simply yes. don't care. And so, yes. it, it, and it's, we, it, as you sorry, said, uh, sorry, but as you were saying, when you tell your dog, don't go out without an explanation of it's raining and I have to dry you off, the fact of the matter is there's no one, there's no way of knowing this dog really would enjoy fucking getting wet in the rain and just play. <laughs> right, right, right. Because exactly. he can't speak. He doesn't have that power to speak right. back to you and say, but that's all I want to do. That is all I, 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 I want to do. Yes, yes. Go on, exactly. Jojo. Sorry. Exactly. No, it was. I. You finished the point beautifully. But I. I, I was just going to say to the tune of corporate America, we've had that demonstrated to us very uh, clearly in that during COVID and pandemic and shutdown, employees worked from home, employees were more productive, employees were happier, but corporations are insisting that, no, I own you and you're going to come to where I want you to come at the time I want you to come. And you're going to sit in that stupid cubicle and do exactly the same thing that you could do at home and be fine and happy doing and have a fulfilling life. But no, I own you. I yes. own you. And this is better for you because I know better. I know yes. better. I'm smarter than you. Do you Even know? Though <laughs> <laughs> it's been demonstrated over and over again that this works better and people are happier. Yes. But yes. no, no, I know better than you. Jamie Dimon, the uh, CEO of Goldman Sachs, I think, well, one of those assholes, literally said that the reason why they want to bring employees back to the office is because the statistic shows that basically working from home prevent employees from being honest. 
it's sort of like message of their honesty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, sure. Whatever, man. So here's here's what we're saying. And so this this little episode, which is about maybe 15 minutes, there are so many comparisons and parallels and in in allegories that one could go about. It could make for a conversation of I don't know, 90 minutes or so. You yeah. know. But yeah. this is this is this is this is us. Again, as Jojo say, if all you want to do is watch a little comic about cats and shit, you can do that too. But yeah. that's where we take conversations <laughs> and um, hopefully you see our point too. Any Jojo? Yeah, yeah. It gives, gives you know, because it's it is there as entertainment. It is there to be, you know, maybe remove your mind from the state of the world it's at some level. You know, a, a television is always going to do that. But we have to remember, too, this is Neil Gaiman and this is someone who wants us to be better than we are. And um, he's encouraging us to to think a little higher than it just being a cat comic. And um and I think that's a beautiful thing. And I, I think that uh, we should try to take him up on it. Yeah, it is possible that, and we're not saying that's the case, but it is possible that you watch this and like, what? <laughs> you know, Kat's just talking about like dominating human race and blah, blah, blah. That sounds horrible. That sounds, but there's a bit more to it than that. And if you take a step back, and think of it, you'll see why we like it. And uh, you'll see the point that Neil Gaiman is trying to make. And it's nothing to do with, it's it's nothing to do with Cats. Cats was just what he got inspired on at the, at the time. But he was telling a bigger story than that. And uh, uh, we hope you like it. Yes. Um, all right. So tell us a bit about the rest of the story, and uh, we'll go into it in a minute. Okay. Go ahead. Jessica. So so the, the second part is the story of one of the muses, Calliope, and that she has been imprisoned, kind of like a dream was imprisoned, and made to serve a human master in the in the uh, writing of, of novels and books and, and writing great stories and fantastic stories, but at the same time at the cost of her freedom. And it's the story of um, fantastic villain Derek Jacobi handing his right to this muse off to the fantastic Arthur Darvel, who plays a, a character named Richard. And it is, there is so much in this episode. <laughs> yeah. There is so much in this episode. Again, this is one that you could just watch for the surface, which you can do with anything. But there is so much in this episode. And I, 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 I really, really, really liked this particular story a lot. I was, I watched these with, with like, you know, like this. <laughs> like, like you know like a kid just watching I don't know the circus or something like that because first of all the acting here is absolutely wonderful but yes. the script the yes. story and everything that comes with it 
it's just something that you you like what what kind of a man has the imagination to sit down and say this is where i'm going to go with this story and to come up with something as perfect as this because believe it or not folks this is neil gaiman's condemnation of slavery and not in the most traditional way of what we know about slavery mm-hmm. is is an indictment of how we enslave people based on our needs we take other people's love for us other people's kindness to us and we use it for as long as we need it and we forget to reciprocate and without even the intention we end up enslaving those people who love us those folks that are here for us and this story is brilliant 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 i i don't even know where to start with it judge so help me out here <laughs> well i i, I think i i, I kind of want to start with arthur darvel's portrayal of richard rick because i i want him to win an emmy because he's he's so good in this and and he was always very very good in in doctor who yes uh, as rory he was he was very underrated and i think he's underrated as an actor period yes so I, I i want him to get some recognition for this because this was a tricky part to play yes he plays someone who is genuinely and truly desperate he has got to the point of being totally desperate and he sells his soul to save his soul what he thinks is going to save his soul and it's 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 he brings something to this part that i'm not sure any other actor could because it he 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 brings such a a a genuine humanity to it to the 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 foibles and the the weaknesses that we all have and we all share as being human and then at the same time he brings the just the assholeriness of humanity and how how horrible we truly can be to each other but also feeling like we're 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 not like we're we're doing it for a better cause like we we have a good reason for be do, for to be doing this and he i don't know how he does it but he he's 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 just brilliant in this part and i was so impressed by his portrayal of this character because this is a, an author who is struggling. He has written a fantastic first novel. He is under a huge amount of pressure to produce a similarly successful second novel. And he has the worst case of writer's block in the history of writer's block. And he he sells his soul for an actual muse for a, a goddess. And you see the struggle of him, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really not doing this to be a bad person. You know, you see that struggle at first and then you see, you see him slip into the, 
oh well i i i'm doing it i'm doing it for us now us, because it, yeah it became us and i'm doing it for us now because you know oh well and and i loved the part of you know because she's like writers are liars and yeah. he's like not all writers hashtag yeah hashtag yeah. all writers hashtag not and, all then, <laughs> and then you know the part of where he's where he's negotiating parts of oh well if it, w w when things become successful when she actually does unwillingly under slavery help him achieve his dreams you know he goes well if we're going to do this movie it has to be 50 percent women and it has to be you know yeah. certain a certain number of people of color and you know yes. and he's looking at her the whole time he's on the phone call and kind yeah. of you know like like we're doing this thing together you know yeah. this is this is good and 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 the the hypocrisy but then the not even recognizing the hypocrisy yeah. of that it's, it's it's a fantastic portrayal and i i it's 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 eerie how human it is and the character the the, the actor who plays calliope is fantastic as well because she is, you know, there's a point where, where Derek Jacoby says she's a muse. She was created for this. This is the whole reason she's here. And she, Arthur, the character of, of Richard played by Arthur Darvel says, you know, this repeats parrots that back to her. And she's like, I wasn't created for that. My, me and my sisters were born. We are goddesses. We yes. are daughters of Zeus. And so it was, it's, 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 it's chills when she says that because it's, it's every, everyone who has been stepped on saying, I'm just as much as the goddamn motherfucking human as you are. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, it doesn't, it, I, I, I may be a woman, I may be black, I may be yellow, I may be disabled, but I am just as much as, as, as a person as you are. And the fact that you are using, what you think is your right because you have this law that I had nothing to do with that I didn't write was not my idea, but because you have this piece of paper that says you own me, then you get to do all of these things to me when I am human too. I am not, I was not created for this purpose. I am a daughter of Zeus. Yeah. Like it's it's right in your face there. That's exactly what what Neil Gaiman is trying to 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 convey here is that listen, man, you you may have convinced because like the difference between Erasmus, the the old writer, and yes. and Rick as he ultimately changed his name to, is that one already knows I'm a villain, I'm an asshole, and I don't give a shit. I wanted. I was an ambitious writer that wanted everything. And it didn't matter to me that I had to fucking enslave a goddess, but I got it. Right? And yes. that's exactly the kind of people you have in the world. You have people who who know that they are terrible human beings and have made peace with that a long time ago. But yes. then you have the people who struggle to accept the fact that they are assholes and they navigate those two waters of let me relieve myself of all this guilt by playing the ally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let me play the ally, the feminist, the allied for minorities. 
and I want power. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go into politics so that I can fucking be a senator or a president or a, 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 a congressman or a judge for the next 50 years of my life. Because securing my legacy is the most important thing to me. But at the same time, even though I'm fucking everybody else's life, I'm going to pretend that I am kind and and that everything I'm doing is for society, is for a better society. I I took a, a kind of a, a capitalist spin on it too, in that, you know, oh, I'm I'm going to I'm going to make all my money off the backs of poor people. Yep. I'm going to have my product. I'm going to pay the people that work for me minimum wage, and I would pay them less if I could. But um, I'm also this wonderful human being who is a villain. You know, I, I give money away, and I, I, I fight for people who are disadvantaged, and I do this and I do that. Yeah. And, 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 okay, yeah, you do. You legitimately do. But you are doing all of this on the backs of the people that you've essentially enslaved or possibly genuinely enslaved to do your bidding, to get your pockets full, to get your coffers full. And yes, yes, you may be doing some good things, but where did it come from? And I'm not saying, I'm not really a believer in dirty money in that sense. To me, money's money. Once it goes to a good cause, then fantastic. But at the same time, anyone who tries to make themselves to have this wonderful legacy, and I, I am a good person because I did this, but you really aren't because people died working for you. You know, you you fired somebody and they went out in the parking lot and killed themselves or the you know, they you dropped health insurance. And because of that, they didn't get a screening early enough and they died of cancer and so many other things that I, I think that you can lay at the feet of people all in the name of cutting costs, filling their own pockets and making themselves seem fantastic. And, you know, in the case of, of Rick, he made all of these, wrote all of these wonderful books that made millions of people happy. And he was trying to make it up, I suppose, to, to Calliope by, by, oh, we're going to include women in the parts of these movies and that kind of thing. But at the same time, all of these wonderful ideas and, and everything came at the cost of her freedom and at the cost of her living a life of a goddess. Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. That's, that angle is also exactly the same thing. You know, the, the fact that, uh, what is it, the, the big pharma folks? Um, yeah. Yeah. Me. The Oxycontin people. Oxycontin. You know, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they used to have their names on pretty much every museum from here to fucking China, you know, art endowment and all kind of stuff. But at the cost of what? Of of the lives of people in the in West Virginia, in Ohio, and, you know, I mean it's just fuck off with your money. You know, yes. if you think that's going to get you some sympathy, that's that's exactly what this character was doing is like, oh yeah, let's do this and do that. And we, and I love how 
Calliope confronted him at this point. Like, we? Yeah. We? Like, you have me here against my fucking will. How is this we? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is the situation we see here. And, you know, Neil Gaiman illustrates that fantastically with this, with this writing. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, let's go into the cast. And before we, we move any further, I want to go, go back and take a look at the cast of The Dream of a Thousand Cards, right? Mm-hmm. So The Prophet was played by none other than, was voiced by none other than the magnificent Sandra Oh. Yes. Did you know that? <laughs> I would not have known it if I, if I hadn't, hadn't looked it up. I, I didn't, I did not recognize her voice. I was, I was very impressed by the voice actress. I thought it was, it was incredible, yeah. but I did not realize it was Sandra Oh. And that just made me even happier because you know i love sandra oh so man that's exactly the same thing i was like first, like i didn't recognize the voice that's the thing i did not recognize the voice no i did not either <laughs> so so i was like okay who is this you know but yeah, yeah let's leave it alone or whatever <laughs> you know but she was great man she she was great and she was fantastic as the prophet. Yes. Who else did you did you see there, Jojo? So in that one, we we got David Tennant and Georgia Tennant playing husband and wife, which I thought was 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 pretty cute. Yes. <laughs> they were not the bad ones. <laughs> David and Georgia, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, so that was that was pretty sweet. And um, the the crow that that meets the the prophet. Uh, yes, uh, is is and I think this is fantastic too because I don't think he's ever done anything like this before that I'm aware of. Was was Neil Gaiman himself? Yes, that's. I think that that was fantastic. But yeah. we had um, Joe uh, Lysett as the black cat too, which <laughs> freaking love Joe Lysett. <laughs> love Joe Lysett. Love Joe. That made me so happy because you know I'm familiar with him with QI from QI and another and his stand up specials and stuff like that. So it was like oh he my is god, <laughs> he is an absolute troop. Yes, yes, and then of course in the same vein of jo Joe Lysett because Diane Morgan has also been on on QI and a few other things, and I, I think they've been on panels together. But she was one of the voices of the Griffin, which was is fantastic <laughs> too. <laughs> but um, I also had James McAvoy, so that that was interesting. McAvoy was in there too. Yeah, he was. Yeah, it was interesting because he actually voiced. Someone, I think there was an animated, so an animated or a, sorry, an audio adaptation of the Sandman done a few years ago, and he was the voice of the Sandman. So he 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 got an interesting part in this one. Yeah, yeah, the the cat story was beautiful, and like I said, we it, it was just about fifteen minutes of the whole thing, and as mm -hmm. you can see, we dedicated quite a bit of the podcast talking about it because commies that we are <laughs> socialists that we are we uh, <laughs> fantastic we saw fantastic. all kind of things here you know yeah <laughs> so and so in terms of the cast for for calliope or calliope 
I have a problem saying Calliope. I'm so used to saying that in Spanish as Calliope. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm struggling here. Calliope was Melisanti Mahout. I am not terribly familiar with this actress, but I freaking loved her. Yeah. I absolutely, yeah. absolutely loved her. So what can you tell me about what she's been on? I, my IMDb has failed me, Graham. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's just kind of sitting here staring at me like, you want me to do something? What? Dad, did you, did you actually <laughs> want something from me? Did she, did she need me to talk to you, uh, talk about something? What? I'm sorry, Graham. <laughs> no, it's so good, man. It's so good. That's, that's, that's what we do in CIA, right? But I'm just saying that this, this actress exuded the whole goddess thing, man. Like, like she truly yeah. did. Yeah, she truly did. She seemed otherworldly and beautiful, beautiful woman. And I, I, I loved it. It was funny too because in this episode, of course, uh, the the Sandman appears, and and my husband and I watched this episode together, and he was like, "They cast this so well because I have absolutely no trouble believing that this guy is an immortal." <laughs> <laughs> immortal. <laughs> so, but yeah, when yeah, so there. That's yeah. true, man. He does. He does look like you know. You see this dude, you'd be like, yeah, man. This dude, I'm pretty sure this dude will never die. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but that was it was during a pivotal scene between himself and 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 Calliope. So yeah, she she was very very good in it. Here she is. She was in, um, let's see, she's been in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. She was in Eurovision Song Contest, the story, story of Fire Saga. She voiced Athena in the video game Immortals Phoenix Rising. So she's kind of, kind of, I guess, familiar with unearthly roles. Yeah. All right. So here's the dude we were talking about that... <laughs> We, I think we'll never die. He <laughs> <laughs> totally he just looks the part. <laughs> man, where did they find this man, man? He's like, he's good. He's he, the paleness in him, the the redness in his eyes, mm -hmm. the cold in his eyes. When he said, if it's ideas that you're looking for, you will have ideas until you know what to do with them like yo you better you better get out of here man <laughs> i'm telling you you, you better get out you, of here. you should be running <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 that's yeah, yeah. don't do that <laughs> yeah 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 so who else do you have jojo in this story the three sisters fabulous actresses all of them yes. in the rights right yes and so yes. let's kind of go through them. Okay. So who do we have? Okay. So we have uh, Nina Wadia as the Fate Mother. Okay. Suad Fares as Fate Crone. And Danita Gohill as Fate Maiden. Nina Wadia. She was on last seasons of Death in Paradise. Okay. Uh, about 
actually the last two seasons because she she was this lady on vacation in, on the island and then she met right before the last inspector the one played by Ardal O'Hanlon was about to leave the island she was on vacation she met him and they kind of had a thing and whatever right and okay. she was like you know I'm just traveling island to island to island so if you want to be free just follow me like you know I'm just not going to stay here and stuff and uh, she is she's great man she's she also had a very long run on eastenders according to what uh, I've read okay so um, she's dope the thing is that when they appear they're kind of scary man yes yes very much so and then as very, soon as they start so. talking you get this you know this calmness yeah but does it have to take a whole year for them to bring back the sandman give us 10 more episodes <laughs> that's the question for me yeah it's a, it's a fantastic question and have they even said if they're going to renew it yet i don't know have they said oh, i think yeah i think like even before they released it they they had already okay. signed it up for for a second season so yeah i think we shouldn't be worried about that for now but it's netflix so yeah, i mean if you if you take it by what Warner brothers have done which is spend a lot of mo- money filming movies and then decide to shelf it so i guess you know actually as of august 5th they have not greenlit a second series really they have not canceled it but they have not greenlit a second series they need to fry as nancy <laughs> <laughs> nancy grace would have said they need to fry <laughs> Yeah, here's one that was just released uh, uh, yesterday. No official word if it's been renewed. So, yes, no. yeah. What the hell? Netflix, come on, man. Yeah, Netflix need to step up and do the right thing. Yeah. They need to. Yeah, they really do. Because good grief. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, and then, of course, and we had Derek Jacobi, who is one of my favorite British actors of all time. I was introduced to him when he played Brother Cadfile in the Cadfile mystery series the BBC put out um, in the 90s, early 90s, I believe. And uh, I just kind of fell in love with him as a kid. Like he was like just this, he plays a, a, a very kind and measured and uh, intelligent monk in in a in a, a series that uh, he solves mysteries during the middle ages yeah. and uh, it's 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 just fantastic and I, i i loved that so i've i've gone on to pretty much watch anything he's in and if he's in something that says something to me i'm like oh this is this is probably going to be good and even if it isn't his part is <laughs> it definitely wasn't kind of this one <laughs> <laughs> yeah he he was he's not a not a good guy but he's he's just a fantastic actor i feel like he's one of those actors that can play someone who is incredibly kind and you believe it and he can play someone who is the nastiest person and you believe it like it's, it's an just, yeah he's, he's got fantastic actor. range fantastic range because here's the crazy thing man if you remember david tennant on Jessica what was the, the name of Jessica that? Jones David Tennant got scary on this one mm-hmm. 
you know, mm-hmm. and David Tennant was one of the sweetest doctors that we've ever seen, man. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, that, that's, it was, I still can't get over the whole idea that David Tennant's real name is actually David McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> The only reason he had to be, he had to change David Dennis because he couldn't register with Actors Association because there was already a, a David McDonald. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> no, actually, it's John McDonald, John David McDonald. So he took his mother's last name and his middle name. David Tennant. Yeah. You know, you get used to these people with one name and then all of a sudden you realize that's not your name at all. <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right, Jojo, we should call it a day, man, because we've we've had a talk here that yes. is going to ruffle some feathers. But on the other hand, we have always been the kind of podcast that operate on a we said what we said basis basis. So that's gonna be it. If you like this episode, you should go back and listen to the full episode where we talked about the Sandman. That was two episodes ago. Two weeks ago, so go on to kickinginstreamingpodcast.com. Look for it. Or go to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify, whatever. We're all over the place. If you're looking for Jocelyn on Instagram, who, by the way, has been very active. <laughs> yeah. I am a KNS co-host. Jocelyn is back, son. KNS co-host is like, yay! <laughs> You know what I'm saying? We like it, Jojo. We like it. <laughs> and then, uh, for me, you'll find me on Instagram and on Twitter as Mr. Putzeta. That's M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. We like that you have spent this time with us. But for me, and for Jojo, it's goodbye, folks. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you've found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group.